God, I'm still counting my Welcome back to another very special brand new year's episode of Ignite Radio Live. And you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, proclaiming it all for the Almighty. So in this new year, folks, we are really wanting to focus on heaven come to earth. We celebrated it during Christmas, right? It continues to overflow in our lives. But what does that mean practically? For our living personally, what does it mean for our countenance, the lens through which we look at the people around us? What does it mean for our marriage and our homes? We really want to rededicate ourselves as an organization, Image Trinity Mass Impact, to asking this question and really facilitating a capacity to engage it. And by the way, to do it together, we're calling it the Rescue Project home edition. What is that you ask? Well, check out catholicrevival.us. Basically, phenomenal video series that progress from capturing us. Maybe those who question God's existence or are angry with God on the frontier. I'll use that word. Those on the frontier who are disinterested, they're away from the church, or maybe they go, but they don't quite get it. And leading us more deeply into the amazement of Christ taking on flesh and blood into the fullness of our Catholic faith. So nine video series gathering in groups. You can either host yours in your own home uh, or you can join another group. And we endeavor to make all of that possible, but you need to sign up. It's the last week to sign up. What a great opportunity to really consecrate our individual lives, our marriages, our homes, in homes throughout the country. Again, go to catholicrevival.us. Steph, any quick thoughts on that? Just very excited. So, um, as we may have shared, we did this prior to Advent, um, and it was very, very powerful. Again, Father Ricardo, what a blessing to so many people, to the church, to the world, just his sincerity and the gift that the Lord has blessed him with. Just can't recommend it enough. So great discussions, great community. Um, we're hoping that more and more people uh, use it, right? We know mm-hmm. some parishes, many of the parishes uh, throughout Ohio are actually hosting parish groups and have been for a while, but there's something about the home. Mm-hmm. There's something about being able to invite into a home to grow in, in the, the walls of the domestic church. And unfortunately there are many people for various reasons who won't come to church, right? Mm-hmm. Who just are so turned off or disinterested, but they will respond to an invite to somebody's home. And so we direct you again to catholicrevival.us. Sign up this week. Again, you can host a group in your own home. We will help you do that. Or you can sign up with another group. And I just want to add too, sorry to interrupt you, love, but you know, you had mentioned the people on the frontier, those who may not be believers or have fallen away for various reasons. But I will say, I mean, at least the group that I was blessed to be a part of, you know, very faithful Catholic women Mm -hmm. who are trying to live it out Um, have a beautiful relationship with the Lord. And we were all so profoundly blessed. Father Ricardo just takes you deeper and deeper and more deeply and and just explains things that we already know, quote unquote, but um, just a powerful ways, new new stories, unpacking them. Absolutely. And uh, folks, we want to just really launch tonight into this new year with the name of this magnificent radio station, Annunciation. Take a moment and think about that. Thousands of years anticipating salvation, anticipating a coming king. In their mind, definitely hoping to deliver them from political shackles. How many of us 
are availing to this word announced to our blessed mother Mary through whom salvation would come in her. Yes. That was so consequential. We say this, we celebrate this, we read about this. How many of us are veiling to the power? It's as if you had heard the message that you had won a lottery, but you're living in poverty. You have a storehouse of wealth that has been given to you that was announced to you, but you're not actually tapping that wealth. Well, obviously, that's a material thing, and many who may be in those circumstances, we do lift you in prayer, and we're going to be about that because that's kingdom think. But Christ came in a much more majestic way. How many of us struggle with discord, with anxiety right now? Fill in the blank for the reasons. Christ came to remind us of who we are, whose we are in him, to dignify us through the sacraments, that we can behold his Holy Spirit. I dare say, and I punctuate it in this very moment at the outset of this new year, that Christ made it possible for us to have a kingdom countenance all the time, that no matter what we face, we can behold his presence. And so at the heart of this, God took on flesh and blood in him, all things are created and all things are hell in existence. How magnificent is that? The greatest testimony of God's love is our next breath. The word took on flesh. And I'm going to say this, we are languishing perhaps because we know this in our heads, but we have not encountered him in our hearts to the point of uh, structuring our minds, our habits of thought, to embrace him. We have not recognized, you know, that, that there are implications for this fleshly world that God has dignified for him. And so we want to, in our radio program on a weekly basis, while tracking with this great rescue project with Father Ricardo and others, again, go to catholicrevival.us, we at the outset of our show also want to take up some consequential news items from a Catholic perspective. Now, right away, some of you may be thinking to yourself, no, that's not what Annunciation Radio is about. Let me be in my Bible study. Let me go to church. Let me pray my novenas and rosaries. I get that there's junk out there. I don't want to be tainted by it. By the way, I'm with you that there's a line that we ought not cross, that we ought not allow our soul's disruption. But to a significant extent, taking on flesh and blood, Philippians 2, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped, it took on flesh. Part of to be Christian is to enter the messy ugly, discordant world so that we can engage it with the heart of Christ. So first and foremost, it's being anchored in prayer, knowing whose we are, beholding his Holy Spirit so that we can be that beacon of light to these situations. So there ought to be, as we look at the things around us uh, happening, uh, something in our hearts that says, I don't want to hide my head in the sand. I don't want to just be on the sidelines praying as consequential as that is. I've got to be in the game. And I might say the circumstances of last year punctuated how important this is. Whoever would have thought that in the state of Ohio, we would have popularly supported a movement that would have established that minors as young as 11, 12, 13 years old can decide to kill our grandchildren, to kill their children, and even have dangerous sex selection surgeries without parental approval, parental consent, parental involvement. Let that sink in and, and, and be mindful that didn't just happen. That happened because over a period of time, forces who hate us, at the very heart, we fight not against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. Those principalities and powers in subtle, manipulative ways have caused us to give up, to abrogate our birthright in Christ, to look upon ourselves, to look in a jaded, splintered mirror of who we are, to convince us that we're something we're not, and to assent to these demonic forces that would have us kill the image of God in mankind. 
that was a slow systematic process that has whittled away our wills and kind of preyed, P-R-E-Y, upon our, our gift of logic, our gift of reason. So we've got to look at these issues. We've got to consider them from a Catholic perspective because that's the arena of the kingdom. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, the only prayer Christ taught us that we should be praying every day, we should be mindful that those ideals are contained in that prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It implies a political reality, an economic reality. It plays out in our schools. It plays out in our work. We are called to be instruments of God's love, to enter into the narrative of what is good and bad and to affect it. So it's not just, you know, impelling somebody who doesn't agree with Catholicism or Christianity to to force them, if you will, to pray in the unique ways of our religion. No, that is something that is a sacred trust that we respect, that we hold uh, dear, we honor that. But it does mean the foundations of law, which are very much a participation in divine law. We ought to get in that marketplace of ideas, be mindful of what's at stake, and honestly, It may risk uh, comfort. It certainly will. It may risk our reputations. It may risk friendships. But guess what? Philippians 2, though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. He took on flesh and blood. We are called to do the same. We're called to do the same, and we do so from a a place of reverential humility, of reverential, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to be an example of your love. I want to have your heart for these people who are around me that are confused, who are struggling. Give me your heart. For the family that's struggling with questions about life or abortion or divorce or these critical questions, may it not just be reduced to some kind of us against them. Lord, erase from us any kind of self-righteous indignation that makes us think we're better. Help us to open those doors. Open those doors and invite others to journey with us to a life, an abundant life. John 10, 10 that you give us to fill our hearts, to make us mindful that we're not meant to walk about with anxiety. We're not meant to walk about with discord. We're meant to be filled and flooded with your Holy Spirit and to be that beacon of light to everyone around us. Help us to take that risk. Put in our minds one person right now who is in need of knowing your love that we know about, we talk about, we maybe certainly think about. How might we be called to intervene the way you in your heavenly realm intervened on this earth to truly be Christian of Christ, to enter into their world? Lord, inform us how we might enter into their lives right now. A little text that says, I'm thinking of you. I'm praying for you. All the more. Let's go get some coffee. Let's get a beer. Let's get together. Lord, fill my heart and my mind with an intuition of the privation of people in our lives that we can love them and love them back to life. That kind of became a prayer. So I, I will say, Lord, thank you in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that's why right now we are going to read just a few tidbits from CatholicVote.org called The Catholic Loop. So many people in Stephanie's journeys and conversations throughout the country who are devout, prayerful, faithful people, but are in consequential positions of influence. So I'm not speaking of people in cloisters who have a unique role, unique role to just be praying. If you have a place in this world, a job of any sort, you've been given a kingdom position of consequence, and you need to have some familiarity with how the battle is concretely playing out so that you have an aptitude to speak to it. So the beauty of CatholicVote.org is that you don't need to read through the whole Wall Street Journal or whatever your paper is or watch an hour long of shows. In fact, I'd encourage you to to manage all of that so that you have a solicitude over what's going on in your soul. But you can take five minutes to go to CatholicVote.org, click on the Catholic loop, and you're going to see whatever, six or seven bullet points. You can capture each of these and literally you know, 30 seconds, and then there's like a click on to see the fuller article to inform us. 
approach it with prayer as the Catholic, uh, as CatholicVote.org does. Approach it from a Catholic perspective that this is, on this battlefield for souls, which we are in, this is the landscape, the battlefield that we are called to engage, to be familiar with, and yes, first and foremost, be transformed ourselves, but to impact it around us. Steph, before we read some of these tidbits, any thoughts? Wow. <laughs> Amen to all that. And that's our show tonight, guys. Um, So yes, it is to be informed. And I also think like all the people who have come before us to allow us to live in this country with the freedoms that we do, Mm. um, the faith that has been passed down because people got in there and got dirty in it, right? Um, And for us to just turn a blind eye and be like, well, I just pray for everybody and I just kind of, you know, stay in my own lane and just I'm a good person and whatever. I just take that as such a slap in the face to all those who have sacrificed Mm -hmm. before us. Mm. So that's my one little thing that I don't include in my two things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so it be informed, but also, yes, as you said, we are called to pray, but how important for us to know how to pray, how to direct those prayers. Um, Even some of the stories that may be hard for us to hear for various reasons we need to get in there to feel. We need to get in there to know, to direct those prayers in a more uh, personal way. You know, you said, mentioned something about the cloistered. I was always amazed, though, when we know. lived in Erie. We right. had a beautiful Carmelite monastery there. They knew more than most people mm-hmm. what was going on in the world because they were praying. They were praying their hearts out. I can say the same for the visitation sisters mm-hmm. here in Toledo. My goodness. So it's both and. It's not either or. Um, and then... The other thing I wanted to say is don't start out your day with this. (laughs) Um, Mm, True. Just underscoring what Greg said about personal prayer. So pray first, take your time with the Lord first. The Catholic loop um, is a phenomenal way to get some news from a Catholic perspective delivered to your inbox every day. (laughs) Doing a little commercial Mm -hmm. for them, I guess. Nice. But you can sign up and it does, you know, every morning, um, but I encourage you to to have your personal prayer time before you get sucked into all the headlines and perhaps, you know, being all worked up or, you know, even excited about something in a good way. Take that time first and then uh, inform your soul before you inform your mind. With no if- further ado, we are turning to the Catholic Loop. You can find at catholicvote.org again Three, four, five minutes every day to get the tidbits is probably all you need for consequential news from a Catholic perspective. If you want to read more, you click on the click little read for each tidbit. Yeah, and just to entice you a little more also, they they have the um, link to the, the readings for the day, the saint of the day. They have a little Catholic 101. So again, we're just going to read through these in a spirit of having the heart of the Father, a heart for the kingdom. So of six news items here, number one, California to cover sex changes for illegal migrants. Let that sink in, just the headline. California to cover, to pay for sex changes for illegal migrants. California is expanding its massive health care system this year, and according to a recent memo, the state's insurance program will cover sex change surgeries for non-citizens. Another story um, from this past week, record number of police shot in 2023. Quote, it is no wonder that our profession is facing a recruitment and retention crisis, said Patrick Yose of the Fraternal Order of Police. A quick note of deep affection and regard for the numerous police officers, frontline people who put themselves in harm's way every day. 
U.S. dioceses to hold listening sessions this Lent. The synodal process promoted by Pope Francis is coming to dioceses around the United States, each of, each of which is being asked to hold listening sessions throughout Lent about the structure and organization of the church. Just want to say, I think this can be a really good thing. A whole other conversation could be had about a lot surrounding this, but here's an opportunity for those of you who are faithful to be praying and sacrificing, and if given the opportunity to express lovingly the truths that we have held that have been given to us by Mother Church. We might say the hermeneutic of continuity, which is the way in which we look at things is a continuity that began uh, from the beginning of time, really, but through our church, through Jesus Christ, a consistency there. Be uh, uh, an emissary of that. Give witness to that. Let our priests and leaders and faithful know where we stand. So I guess I would say on this one, (laughs) this would be an article perhaps that I would click on because I just don't get the whole synodal. Synodal. I can't even say the word because there have been so many forms of it. To inform myself as much as I can as this, you know, a beginning, because I don't think it's not meant to be a criticism per se, right? So just to inform myself that I could reach out to somebody else or ask more um, informed questions to try to understand it a little bit more. And um, yeah, so again, it's not like read this stuff so that you can boom, 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 boom. It's engagement, engagement to be able to have those conversations. And I'm struck with, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but we know and praise God we've experienced our words have effects, our conversations have effects, you know, whether it's with a family member or someone in a grocery store or whoever that may be that the Lord places in our path. And sometimes it's that person taking that conversation or whatever was said, but the impact that that can have, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes these news stories, who knows where that conversation will lead, not only to that person um, eventually, hopefully, you know, in a deeper relationship with Christ, but who knows how the Lord will use that in a practical application to get something done. So in this point three of six, Steph, let's just uh, briefly read the um, link uh, from the Catholic News Agency, because many people listening right now are maybe asking the question, what is the deal with synality? I, I hear the word thrown about. So I they know can that, go click on it. <laughs> well, they can go click on it, but just, you know, let's let's at least in this example offer the service of just reading some short description of what this is all about that may be helpful to all of us. So this article by Tyler Arnold from the Catholic News Agency, the synodal process promoted by Pope Francis is coming to dioceses across the United States, each of which is being asked to hold, quote, listening sessions throughout Lent about the structure and organization of the church. Lent is a good time for this, I think. Pope That's Francis. not part of the article, by the way. <laughs> that was my little my little parentheses. Pope Francis initiated the Worldwide Synod on Synodality in October 21 and held the first global assembly at the Vatican in October of 23. The gathering included cardinals, bishops, members of the clergy, and lay Catholics, and centered on discussions about the structure and organization of the church, along with other topics. The Vatican will hold the final meeting of the Synod in October of this year. So already I'm mindful of that that origin and the fact that they're going to kind of wrap it up, it seems, or hold a final meeting yet this October. I didn't know that. Anyways, continue. You should have asked me. I would have told you. You would have known that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Third paragraph. Per Vatican instructions, each diocese is expected, so we should expect this in our diocese, to host local gatherings to discuss similar questions with members of the clergy and lay Catholics. The guidelines for American dioceses, that's a linkable 
phrase, Guidelines for American Diocese, I'll let you click on that. Set by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, urge clergy and lay Catholics to pray and spiritually prepare for local meetings through the beginning of 2024 and hold between two and three listening sessions during Lent. Finally, Steph. USCCB is requesting that the dioceses focus on two, quote, guiding questions. One, where have I seen or experienced successes and distresses within the church's structure, organization, leadership, life that encourage or hinder the mission? Two, how can the structures and organization of the church help all the baptized to respond to the call to proclaim the gospel and to live as a community of love and mercy in Christ? So great opportunities here for us who are listening right now to give our input. If I can make one comment, even in, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, but no, just, bring it. well, it just, it's not even clear. I don't want to say who cares because we should care, but hopefully we're doing this anyway. And um, yeah. Well, uh, see, I guess I want to say this, that I would be, uh, I would be sad, huge intellectual word, sad, it'd be sad. <laughs> If they're raising Grace uh, leader uses fundamental, a word. Yeah, that's <laughs> if they're raising just fundamental, um, incontrovertible, immutable questions of faith and morality um, that are given to us by Christ, that are revealed not for us to determine, but that determine us, that invite us to bow. Those are not questions that you know. Maybe there's an occasion. I think even a value to talk about why they are what they are. And many of you who are listening have come to embrace them. Right, everybody who has approached truth has been led into the Catholic church by availing to its sure answers, obviously in faith, all the questions that many may have outside the Catholic church who are Christians, intercessory power, Mary, the saints, the Eucharist, you know, infallibility, all this, what's this all about? Every single one who approached that in faith with intellectual uh, humility was ushered into the Catholic church. You'll be hard pressed to find somebody who on an intellectual basis seeking truth, went in the opposite direction, who sincerely seeking the verdict of truth established by the magisterium, certainly, but uh, history, logic, um, went the other direction, left the Catholic Church. So my point is this. I hope that those remain sacrosanct and are more a question of how might we move people to have this capacity of, of faith and availing themselves to it. That's my concern. A lot of words, but that's my concern is that that the questions of faith are put on the table when they're beyond our determination. This is not a vote. This is not a democracy. And, and it, it maybe feels like that a little bit. Well, again, we need to inform ourselves more to say more. So, Okay, tidbit number four. Supreme Court to decide on Trump removal from ballot. Don't get me started. On Former this. President Donald Trump appealed the Colorado Supreme Court's decision removing him from the ballot to the U.S. Supreme Court. The higher court quickly agreed to decide that case. Again, click on that if you want to uh, inform yourself more fully. I think a simple consideration for any of us is why would we deprive at least 50% of the populace from their judicious, rightful opinion in the marketplace of ideas? Why would we invalidate their votes? So just a little news tidbit. Especially without evidence. Well, it's not even. of accusation. Not even that. So again, it's so important because we get caught up in in um, secular headlines often also, and just take that as the full story. So um, it's no shocker that I'm a Trump supporter. I will say that publicly, <laughs> but, um, and all that that means, but the, um, the Colorado case, and it was only after like reading 
diving much deeper in what the, they said that he couldn't be on their ballot because they quoted the insurrectionist, mm-hmm. you know, whatever line he Law. has not, he has not even been charged with insurrection. with insurrection. So first I was like, okay, how can they do this without even he, he it's innocent to proven guilty, right? Regardless. Right. Ought and to be right. And so how can he be called guilty when he hasn't even gone to trial yet? And then the more I learned, he had out of the hundred and I don't even remember the number anymore charges against him. Insurrection is not even one of them. So it's just interesting. So don't get, whether you support the person in the headline or not, don't just um, fall to uncritically accept the narrative, go deeper, because set aside the, the, the sides, if you will, this is, as we're entering into playoff season with the NFL go Packers, you know, this is something more consequential than our favorite team, favorite colors, associations that are important and valuable and lesser things. But when you're dealing with faith and morals and politics, it affects it all. <clears throat> Realizing it's all a mess. We should, we ought not judge by personalities or, or, or just, you know, kind of ingrained positions that are divorced from principles. What are the fundamental principles? And as I will say and state again and again and again, politics is not about canonization. It's about the greatest good possible. It's not about canonizing people or them having a perfection. None of them do. None of us do. But in the marketplace of ideas with a hierarchy where life precedes liberty and pursuit of happiness, it is a consideration of what is the greatest good possible. I'm sounding the alarm on abortion drug trafficking. The nation has seen an 85% increase in orders for self-administered abortion drugs for non-pregnant women since the fall of Roe v. Wade. Catholic Votes Erica Ahern explains how predatory abortion drug trafficking hurts women and what lawmakers should do about it. That's crazy. They're yeah. not even pregnant and they're they're getting these drugs to have on hand, I'm assuming. Again, click it for the full article. What does that punctuate? First of all, our confusion of desires misguided. There's not a single person I've ever met who has been satisfied by any earthly provision. I'll say it again. There's not a single person I've ever met, read about in all of history who is satisfied by a merely earthly provision. And the enemy stirs this all up, right? And wants to connect this deep, sacred, holy desire meant for intimacy with God to pervert it, warp it, and turn it into, if you will, a fleeting roller coaster, turn people into kind of an amusement park, which is really what it is, a using of other persons for one satisfaction at the expense of life itself. I don't care about the consequences, even if it's another human life at stake. Another significant uh, thing unveiling that merits our prayerful attention. Finally, DeWine signs order against trans surgeries on kids. Republican Ohio Governor Mike DeWine on Friday signed an emergency executive order that critics are calling a significantly weaker version of the bill he vetoed. The order bans transgender surgeries on minors, but leaves big uh, leaves drug treatments and male participation in female sports untouched. You that, can re- the whole story <clears throat> is just so sad. And, and again, it's a reminder as we inform ourselves what a great way to focus more deliberately and intentionally on specific things to pray for. My goodness, DeWine needs our prayers. Mm-hmm. Governor DeWine mm-hmm. needs our prayers. He needs our prayers. He needs our prayers. So to to be informed, to reach out, um, to express your dismay at all of this. Um, he's Catholic. Again, I can't say it strongly enough. Inform 
your soul, mm. inform your mind, and then bring it together. Folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter in a new year. And what we just shared may, I don't know, cast a pall over your feeling or thinking, but it ought not. Dealing with today's consequential issues, they don't go away because we don't attend to them. We approach them with a mindfulness, the most consequential prayer, simply uttering the name Lord, Latin root, dominion, to have dominion over all. God has dominion over all. And by facing these consequential skirmishes significant on this battlefield, it ought to impel us all the more to go more deeply into the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to be informed by him, to be of one heart with him. Literally that, you know, little fad that passed, what would Jesus do is still formidable. The truth of it is still formidable. It ought to reverberate through all ages, including into this day. As we face these things, what are we to do about it in light of what Christ does? What would he have us do to claim the kingdom? And so we want to punctuate this first part again by saying the word became flesh more than a nice idea, more than a little season that we celebrate and get together in comfy ways with our friends and families and get on to the next thing. No, it's meant to awaken us to our dignified nature in Christ, meant to be of one heart with him and claim all things for his kingdom. Father Ricardo punctuated this at his recent um, presentation, uh, the Catholic Business Network, where we ta- where he talked about this partnership that we have with him, CatholicRevival.us, check it out again, of this rescue project. But he simply said, we need to cultivate again the art of friendship. That's, I would say, the heart and promise of what we are trying to do with CatholicRevival.us with his rescue project home edition series. Most people, even married people, are looking for deep, true, meaningful friendship where they can be known and know, share consequential things, work them out, be an occasion of support to address the skirmishes as they may be happening in one another's lives, to pray through them, the journey together in them. That's what we offer you. That's what this is all about. At its very core is a missioned friendship that we're trying to foster. So yes, and something else that Father Ricardo has said is, God is not nervous. Mm. You know, yes, we know who ultimately wins. We don't just sit back, (laughs) Um, but he's, God's not nervous, right? And so we need to trust in the Lord amidst all of that. And as you said, Father Ricardo's name, it made me think of our beloved Father John Anthony, also one Mm. of the friars of the renewal who we were blessed with. So something else that he spoke about um, in regards to just having that trust in the Lord, he reminded us during a couple of his talks that the Lord has us here specifically where we are at this time in history at the exact spot that he desires us to be in and at for a reason. So that in and of itself should build our trust in the Lord. Yes, knowing he has the victory, knowing he is not nervous, but he has made us, as they say, for such a time as this and we need to first and foremost be prepared on a personal note, as we always say, just with that prayer and relationship, one-on-one with the Lord, overflowing into our marriages and families and worlds. But we're ready. Like we should, especially with our rosary in hand, right? Bring it on. Bring it on. Like this is, this is what it's about. So anyway, so yes, as that segue, we look back, you had asked me the other day, you know, looking back on this past year of 2023, like what were some of those standout moments? And certainly I could go off on beautiful family moments, especially our little granddaughter. Oh, oh my goodness, Magdalena Grace, you rock our world. Um, 
but the friars were actually the the first thought that came to the mind. Friars. So we were blessed this past November, I guess it was, to have four of the friars of the renewal um, be with us in our diocese, and they led the uh, the Sanctus family mm-hmm. um, revival. Eucharistic yep. revival weekend, and so a beautiful gathering. Um, with families, with young adults, just the whole nine yards and listening to them and praying with them and their words of wisdom. And then on a personal note, we were so blessed to host them in our mm. home and all that that meant. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you, if you wanna... go to catholicrevival.us, we essentially took those amazing talks and moments from Friday, Saturday and Sunday and they were radio programs, but you can hear them on demand at catholicrevival.us. Scroll down and you'll see each of those. And I will say that each one you will find very engaging, spiritual, moving, insightful. Um, it began with a great talk by the new head of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, Father John Anthony. By the way, is uh, kind of riffing off of the theme, Steph, of them being with us. I was so blessed in particular in feeling like I'm sharing part of my history with mm. Stephanie because... Um, I had spent uh, almost a year discerning the Friars of the Renewal with Father Benedict Rochelle. So I was speaking throughout the country for Franciscan University of Steubenville. And Father Benedict summoned me, um, invited me, imparted wisdom upon me to leave the stage and spend time with him more earnestly seeking discernment that followed my time in Medjugorje. Too much information. But anyways, blessed to be with them and know Father Benedict and uh, escort him to various talks and be beneficiary of his tremendous wisdom and and fatherly, spiritual fatherliness to me. So to have these four friars, only one of whom was even around in that era, uh, the all the others who followed have insight into his tremendous spirit and gift, Father Benedict, their beloved father, was just resounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I like about them, other than obviously at their very core, authentically seeking the heart of God, you know, without blinders, without putting limitations, they're very real. They're very genuine. Um, in fact, you know, as funny as uh, the first night before, when they first arrived, we could say much about that. You know, you kind of feel people out, hadn't met them before face to face, had talked on the phone. I was taking care of some business, um, corresponding to the revival at some of our locations. Steph was with them by herself, but literally within a half hour, we've the, any ice or reservation was completely thawed with suggestions such as, and when we get back tonight, you know, how about a warm fireplace and a little bourbon? All their eyes, you know, perked up. They love that idea. And uh, I found out that I was out of bourbon. So I called a beloved friend and said, hey, you've got a stash of this. Um, I'm going to be gone. He said, oh, let me drop it off at your doorstep. And uh, so after the ignite of that Friday night, which was the first event on a Friday, very powerful evening of tremendous testimony witness. Again, you can hear that at CatholicRevival.us. Scroll down. But um, they had no idea. Uh, as they're coming to our home. and So when we returned to our home that night after the event, Father Malachi, who came through the front door, um, comes into the kitchen because I had gone through the garage and he's holding two brown paper bags <laughs> with <laughs> bottles in them. And, and I was like, so is this like your milkman? Right, new version of milkman. <laughs> you know? So anyway, but um, just beautiful conversation, beautiful prayer. We were so blessed to have mass with them. Um, for me personally, uh, one of the things was, um, just being able to love on them. So Mm. I am old enough to be a few of their, (laughs) probably three of their mom, like as old, um, but just to, to offer that respite of, and restoration and, 
um, provide that home. I mean, they live the vow of poverty and then mm. some, and, you know, and taking care of the most marginalized of marginalized. And so mm. it was just a, it was a real gift. And I don't say that lightly or mm. as a cliche, but just to be able to love on them, to mother them, to provide um, a home for them that I hope that the Lord used to well, rejuvenate. Um, humorous, right? I mean, first of all, picture this. None of our children are home. They're all blessed to be pursuing their own role in the kingdom right now. And that's its own story and exciting. I'd say in summary, that's my delight in seeing each of our children spread their wings and fly. You know, we wanted to give them a foundation of faith, uh, forge them in virtue, show them a horizon and uh, give them the sky and to see them flying is really delightful. So our home, you know, is haunted by all of that prayer of the formation. And in this area, marking, you know, 10 years of Image Trinity Mass Impact this month, anyways, um, haunted and for them to be part of that and their comfort level, some of them and just go into the refrigerator, which we told them, no, Mikasa, Sukasa, right, Steph? And uh, some very funny interactions about that um, where you know that they just probably rarely get an opportunity to have a room to themselves, a, a comfortable bed to themselves, which they receive because, if you will, when in Rome, we're the Rome, and so they're receiving those those blessings. And they know we know, because I'd been there, that um, you know they're not going to ask for it, but I think they felt comfortable with us in uh, seeing that this, in addition to their ministry, that you know we're united in this, and we get to, uh, in our own unique calling, be united with them in it and providing such an occasion. I love uh, a dear priest friend of ours said once just how our vocations build each other up. And I feel like that was uh, tangible for me personally um, with the friars here, like uh, evidently and <laughs> without much thought how they built us up, right? Just in their priesthood and um, their prayer and conversation and guidance and being part of this event, like it edified our marriage, right? Mm. And our family and but we also saw and were privileged truly to see how our marriage, our family, our home um, helped to edify their vocation as priests and a brother. And just just a gift. Um, it's hard to express in words, in particular over the radio, because <laughs> you can't see my eyes and my smile. Um, but just God's goodness, God's goodness, God's goodness and all for his glory. Um so January 2024, here we are reflecting upon some very meaningful uh, experiences over the last weeks, months, and years. And I would I would pronounce them, Steph, as some of the richest of my life. <laughs> so from our youngest, 18, up to Annie, who is 25, married, Strau with little Magdalena, each one, as I said, kind of finding their sky and spreading their wings. And amidst all of that, obviously, Steph, um, those Three really designed, beautiful months leading into Christmas with the seven weeks with the Father Ricardo series in our home, men's groups, women's groups. We had family gatherings and connection points. That centerpiece of those three days, the first week in November, which we hope to do again. Uh, I think all who participated, Brett Hunterbrinker and Andrew Reinhardt, uh, reporting this also from the participants. We were so blessed to be partnering with the diocese in this. And the common thing was uh, along so many lines, um, had we known it was going to be like this, we might have invited 10, 20, 30 other people. Some did that anyways, but we are delighted when we hear that, which is very common for the things that we do, our Ignites in this particular event. So we do hope to do this again in the first weekend of November, and then that flowed into encouraging those families to engage on a weekly basis doing the Live It Gathering Guide. And I just 
I can't say it strongly enough. We've been saying it almost every radio program. We have not ceased on a weekly basis making available this Live It Gathering Guide, an easy way to gather families together to talk and pray. Uh, The importance of that relational currency at the heart of ritual, like great that we're you know, committing to go to mass, that's the source and summit. The grace flows from that. Absolutely. Great that we pray the family rosary. Absolutely. So important. If you're not doing that, do it. I encourage you to lean into it all the more. We have not, through our lives, we're not entirely faithful to that as a family. Individually, we would. But I'll say it is so powerful. And Our Lady's been asking us to do that. Um, But this consequential time on a weekly basis that we put a flag in the sand, which is to say, yes, sports are important. Yes, academics are important. Yes, all these other things, and even digital life has its importance. But once a week, more important than Knights of Columbus or That Man Is You or uh, Mass Impact stuff or anything else that's happening is bringing your family together, putting the flag in the sand and saying, for this time together, we're going to talk and pray. We're going to connect with God's grace. This guide makes that happen. And now with the benefit of really decades, but in this diocese, 10 years, we see the difference it makes with those families who actually do it. We see how it forges them into their, you know, dating and marriage and family with a vision of our homes have to be more than this shell that we get together in and our ships passing in the night with events that are range from consequential to insignificant. No, this is kind of that defining moment where grace flows and, and families learn of the hearts of one another. They learn the language of empathy. They learn, they learn the language of love. And it becomes important to them to be attuned with an empathetic heart. Hey, what's dad going through? Hey, what's mom going through? Hey, what's my 12-year-old son or daughter going through that I don't know about? These are those occasions that open up that door and create trust and an occasion to really encounter God alive. And so I cannot say it strongly enough. Of all that we do, we've reached over 40,000 people have come to our various events. Millions have seen our media. I would throw it all away for one family to recognize the value and power of making their home that kind of place, committing to this Live It Gathering Guide, gathering around, and you can find that at ilovemyfamily.us, new every week based upon subsequent Sunday readings. And I would say this, it's that 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 gives us the right lens of looking at the world. So all those things that we discussed earlier on that you can get at catholicvote.org, the loop, those daily struggles, the things you read in the paper, the things that your kids will experience in school that are beyond your control or at work, it's the gathering, the sacred holy gathering in your home flowing from the sacraments. It is that gathering in your home that forges our countenance, forges our lens, our way of looking at things that has a huge impact for their life and their pursuit and their identity and their mission. I would say it's at the heart of each of our children as they've looked at their lives and their gifts and talents. Anyways, with that said, Steph, let's conclude tonight's program. And so blessed, by the way, to be with all of you uh, on Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. So much yearning to experience God's grace, enter this world, and mindful that we are the means through which he does it. And wanting to structure that adventure, wanting to make it accessible in concrete ways to build up friendships, meaningful friendships, missioned friendships with those closest to us in homes, certainly marriages and families, and inviting you to join us uh, in this nine weeks leading right up into the heart of, uh, at the end of Advent, up to Holy Week and into Easter, nine weeks of gathering in homes. Check it out at catholicrevival.us. So, Steph, why don't you proclaim the gospel for this coming Sunday, and let's front load this 
with the question, what struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? Before I proclaim, just want to direct you where you can find the Livet Gathering Guide at ready. I love my family dot us. You can click on the Gathering Guide button and there you will find a beautiful flowing guide mm. um, to engage in this opportunity to come together in deeper prayer and conversation. And you do not have to, to sit down and do it all at once, especially as if you are uh, beginners or haven't done it in a while. We know many people who've broken it up and done, you know, the family fun questions, for example, I'll pique your interest, go mm. check out what that is, you know, at the dinner table. Um, but it certainly is meant to have a flow. There's, there's uh, also just fun questions to break the ice a little bit. There are there's an opportunity to ask each other for forgiveness or to share with one mm. another how you may have been hurt by somebody and just to open those doors of grace. And then it flows into the upcoming readings uh, for that Sunday with some questions and such. So it really is a beautifully grace-filled, I don't want to call it a package, <laughs> opportunity, plan, plan especially for those who want to do something but just really don't know how to do it. Structure binds anxiety, order mm. binds anxiety. And I think in particular, as you're raising children, if they know the flow of something, if they see an order to something, it's all the more powerful mm. and all the more uh, there's an openness to that. So check it out at I Love My Family. Make it a family ritual. Us. See the power of a ritual in your family yes. that isn't just an, you know, whatever that evokes, something cold or external or just, I got to do. No, it's full of life. And light, light, make it fun too. Light a candle or make it different, which can be fun. <laughs> you mm. know, set the environment, um, have special snacks or drinks or something that the kids know, whether they're little or teenagers or adult children, or even if it's just you and your spouse, make it that special spot. I will say also, before Steph proclaims the gospel for us to reflect upon and go deeper and as an example, um, probably the greatest challenge with this is going to be simply setting that time and being faithful to it. Mm -hmm. Finding the right time and just saying this will happen. God will honor you by simply declaring, okay, I look at our schedules. We can do this either Saturday morning, uh, common time, or we can do this um, at night. We can do this at whatever time. That's the most difficult challenge. The second most difficult challenge is going to be the mom or dad, the leader to say, you know, we need to shift atmospheres here. Guys, you know, never done this before, you know, be patient with us, but I want you to try this out. The way you maybe introduce a new game, right? There's rules to a new game. You got to be patient and figure it out. And you got to kind of shift from people doing whatever they were doing to focusing at this commonplace, common table. So to shift atmospheres in faith, I will say, is one of the most consequential, powerful uh, talents or gifts um, that God gives parents um, to to cultivate in every other area, it is very helpful also to say, guys, hey, you just learned from your aunt so-and-so who has cancer or this is happening. Let's take a moment, shift atmospheres and pray. You're equipped to do that, dad and mom. You're equipped to shift atmospheres and to foster that kind of order that gr allows grace to flow. It's sort of defining, right, this raging rapids. It defines the banks through which that grace can flow. Parents um, use that gift of shifting atmospheres. And even when it comes to like news stories, like we started the our episode out with, right, like to have that holy perspective in prayer, come together and pray for those things or as things come up. Sometimes, too, I just want to say this as a last word. It will go very smoothly and you'll be like, wow, 
And other times it will be a mess and you'll be like, wow. <laughs> but we encourage you not to give up. I would never be up. as harsh as that in all of my years, but I do know some have experienced right, that. Right. Just with the families, the stories of that people have shared with us, you know, sometimes it's the most profound, beautiful, flowing, and other times it it's just... Babies crying, some kid's hitting his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's or just upset not, from right, something that happened, right. for so sure. So d- don't give up. Just the, the, the Messiah is in the mess, as they say. Okay, so... Sunday's gospel reading is from St. John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Mm. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas which is translated Peter, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. So we usually front load. Again, the Live It Gathering Guide does the first reading, second reading, and third reading. And the first question is enough to probably carry any people, any number of people for a long period of time. What struck you in this reading, challenged you, inspired you? What questions did it raise? In the interest of time, um, Steph, I am just increasingly praying to have the imagination of what it was like Hmm. to be taken there. What would it have been like to be part of this community, eagerly awaiting for deliverance, eagerly awaiting for this mysterious figure called the Messiah, so woven into their life experience, to the the scripture that they had memorized, you know, their hopes and dreams were, were summed up in this hope of a Messiah. And to hear one of your buddies, you know, somebody you work with, just to come out of the blue and say, oh, by the way, you know, that guy that we've been talking about from earliest childhood, we found him. I mean, I can't imagine that moment. Like, what would that have been like? Certainly incredulity, I'd have been like, yeah, right, you know, playing jokes again. Like, what does that look like? Um, and just how it unfolds from here, of course, Scripture, how the Gospels unfold from these moments into ever greater richness of them discovering through his miracles and words, um, the degree to which... Uh, this this capacity for them, this this privation, this yearning for something was fulfilled in ways they never could have expected, but was so rich. And then, of course, to me, I asked the question, am I bringing my privation to him? Am I encumbered by my own misconceptions? I mean, I've heard of him as a Catholic all my life. I go to mass like they did. They attended their synagogue and temple and all of that. I've done that. I mean, they're far more religious than I ever was. But am I truly connecting with my privation and seeking to see him as he is, knowing that he has the answer to my deepest needs. And I sort of began this program tonight by conveying it's not just the physical circumstances. Again, if we were impoverished, but we won the lottery because we didn't spend that, you know, am I rightly connecting with that core key eternal poverty within me and looking to him with great desire to satisfy? Because if I did, if I had that right orientation of desire to God, to the Messiah, 
I wouldn't miss prayer and I wouldn't uh, miss seeking to have a countenance throughout the day that I would be un, uh, encumbered by, if you will, by debris, by all the stuff that surrounds us, the junk. I'd have a soul that remains steadfast because he made me to do that, to be his indwelling spirit. You? Gosh, there's so much in this beautiful, beautiful scripture passage. So I'll try to be brief. <laughs> I will be brief. The first thing that jumped out to me was the line, um, behold the Lamb of God. And it made me think of um, a young Hillsdale student a handful of years ago who came into the Catholic Church because of that line. Um, mm. It was the dedication. I don't know if it was a dedication. It was the first Catholic mass that they had in the newly built um, chapel on campus. And it was the feast of St. John Paul the second, mm. the great, the wonderful, our dude. Um, <laughs> our dude. And... <laughs> Um, it was, it was, so he was, the Lord was stirring his heart as a non-Catholic, um, at Hillsdale. One of the greatest things there is they truly pursue the good, the true and the beautiful. Mm -hmm. And if one's soul is open, it can only lead you to the Catholic faith. And so it was during that mass when the Bishop of Lansing elevated the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ high and said, Mm. Behold the Lamb of God. And the young man shared with us later that at that moment, this scripture came just hitting him and like, that is Jesus. And how can I not Mm. be Catholic? So prayers for those discerning truth, prayers for those um, struggling with real presence, Catholic or non-Catholic. So I thought of Aiden in that moment and just lifting Mm. prayers of thanksgiving that he was open and that the Lord profoundly worked in his life. Um, Andrew, oh my gosh, our little evangelist saint, right? Mm. Like he couldn't contain it. Pray for us, St. Andrew, that we can't contain it. It was through his simple invitation to his brother of all people. How hard is it for us and our families sometimes to talk about the Lord? Um, that it was his simple invitation, just saying, come, come see. And that became our first Pope, right? The great Mm. St. Peter from someone's invitation. So just challenges me that I may never, I pray to never pass up those movements of the spirit to invite somebody in conversation or sometimes, you know, physically (laughs) to something or somewhere. Um, And then I love the, you know, which translated, which translated, which Mm. there's three, which translated. I'd love to know exactly what the scripture is telling us in all of that but just how the Lord makes it clear, Mm. right? Like he translates this into that. And in particular, Peter's name, he gave him a new identity in him, which Mm. is so powerful and so beautiful. Um, Mm. So we're out of time, um, but those are some of my first thoughts. Wonderful. Folks, as Father John Ricardo says, God is not nervous as we look at the world around us, as he sees the tumult and challenges and difficulties that we are pressed with. God is not nervous, number one. Number two, God wants his church back. God wants his people back. God wants his families back. He, he, well, and that was my third thing. He said in, in our initiating this, he's using the language and we're blessed by it. God wants his families back. He's on a rescue mission. We are like World War II, engaged in this incredible, ferocious skirmish that's happening around us. And he's reaching down his hand, which is the symbol of the rescue project, to, to capture us. And we need to do more than simply kind of go through the ritual motions of these important things where we connect objectively with grace. Yes, but we got to reach a hand up. 
We got to reach a hand up and embrace him and allow him to pull us up out of whatever we're going through. And we imperfectly, Steph and Greg Schleter, on this radio program, on this journey with you, blessed by Annunciation Radio, blessed by our Bishop Thomas, blessed by our amazing priests, blessed by this community. It is that light in which we ought to see ourselves, a people dignified by Christ to live that's vitality with him, to be filled with his Holy Spirit, not to end with us, but to overflow to create these contexts for that to happen so that a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, we can actually look at our families and say they resemble the community of disciples. They resemble what we read about in Acts. They resemble the power of the Holy Spirit being lived, proclaimed, transforming us, uh, healings happening. That whole realm of things was not just a past historical account. It is a present reality. We're going to be experiencing, in June we'll be talking more about it, but Encounter is going to be holding their international conference in Toledo. Four or 5,000 people expected to come. We are delighted to play a role in helping that happen. And again, it's meant to be more than just another point along, you know, uh, a desolate highway that we just go from one to another, you know, to become kind of program junkies. No, God wants to give us a culture, a Rembrandt, a, a picture full of joy and faith that we live in a countenance. We want to structure that reality. That's what we're about. We're inviting you to check this out at catholicrevival.us. This yearning in our hearts of every human person to be known and to know in real circumstances, human flesh and blood reality. Say yes, say yes, say yes. Go to catholicrevival.us. And as always, we very much rely upon your partnership. We are a nonprofit organization. Stephanie and I are all in on this mission. So blessed to be united with so many of you. And, uh, you know, I'll just say we're, we're way under where we need to be to financially support this mission. And so we do ask for your support. So go to ilovemyfamily.us, check out that partner tab. And we'd be very grateful for you to get on board and help us uh, take this to a whole new level in this new year. Thank you so much for being on the road with us. Until next time, God, God bless, bless you. you. God, I'm still counting my blessings.